Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff, and with me in the studio is... Jessica Schleif. Hey, Teresa. Hi. And also with us in the studio today is Mary Olson. She is the technician for the Clatsop Soil and Water Conservation District. Did I get that right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, awesome. (laughs) Welcome. It's so great to have you here. So first off, we really want to start with what is... Clatsop Soil and Water Conservation District. What do you do? What does that What does that organization entity do? We provide technical assistance for landowners on a wide variety of topics. Um, and if we don't have the answer or the information that they need, we can direct them to the appropriate agency. So things like um, invasive plants or pest right. management. Pest management, invasive species, forestry, agriculture. Yeah. Um, our primary focus is on improving water quality, so uh-huh. that's where most of our projects come in. Okay, so working around um, waterways, creeks and streams and rivers, so properties especially that, that border those, but also maybe wetlands? Right, wetlands, and um, uh, we like to focus on improving drainage on properties to keep sediment and nutrients out of the waterways, so things like gutters and downspouts, we can apply for funding for that too. Oh, that's really cool, too. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a broad topic. In some ways, it's hard to kind of narrow it down. But it's, I think especially if you think about the focus on water quality right. is um, is so essential, especially in an area like this where we're coastal, a lot of estuary, a lot of wetland, a lot of creeks and streams mm-hmm. um, crisscrossing our region. So you've got a, a really cool um, thing coming up, which is part of why we really wanted you to come and talk to us. There's a, a native plant sale, and I don't. Some of you out there may have encountered this native plant sale before. It's usually around this time of year, and um, uh, so uh, tell us about when this is happening. Sure. And yeah, the native plant sale will be Saturday, April thirteenth, from nine a.m. to two p.m., and will be in the gravel parking lot. Bethany Lutheran Church, which is behind the U.S. Customs House on Highway 30 in Astoria. Okay, so it's kind of near... Down by Safeway. Down by the Safeway. Little past the Safeway if you're going out the 30. Yeah, I mean, just for, for a point of reference for people. Yeah. And it would be on... If you're heading out towards, say, Svensson or Napa, it would be on your right. Correct. Lots there. of parking. Yeah. Plenty of parking. And the church was nice enough to let us use their parking lot for this event. Thank you. So... Um, one of the one of the reasons why we're having you on now, which is it's definitely you know early before that event, but you you have a plant list. So this is focusing on native plants um, for this sale, um, and you have a pl- people can pre-order. Right. So we have pre-order forms available for pickup at our office. You can also call our office at three two five four five seven one, or I can email. Um, do you want me to say my email? Yep, say yeah, yeah. It's, say it's it. kind of a mouthful. Yeah, but. it's okay. My email is cswcd at clatsopswcd.org. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm really glad it's not my email address. And, and then it looks like you're, um, you're located in the commercial room. We so are if, on the second floor of the Astoria Post Office. Oh, okay. And we're room 207. Uh, there's a door in the lobby, but it's locked, so you'll have to take the elevator up. Which is super cool, can I just say. I mean, it's kind of fun to explore that building. It's a gorgeous old building. It's beautiful. So getting onto some of those upper floors is really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, swing by their office and pick up one or, or call 
Um, you're, the part of the reason we're saying this is because your website is is not is functioning, not right functioning now. right now. So it's um, under repairs. Um, so that would have been a better way to to find all this information. But um, definitely get in touch, and we'll repeat those numbers in that email um, uh, again. So if you haven't gotten it, um, get a pen and paper, and we'll repeat those. So you don't have to pre-order plants. You can just come and shop the plant sale. Right. But pre-ordering means that you can definitely get what you want. Right. And I know Jessica and I were just looking through this list earlier and ooing and aahing and saying, okay, well, I want like five of those and 10 of those <laughs> and 15 of those and three of those. Some really great things Some on of my here. very favorite plants. Yeah, uh, I know. And very affordable, very yeah, reasonable. I, these are going to be some really good prices. And, and I think what's so cool about um, planting a lot of these native plants is that they, a lot of them incorporate really well as garden plants. Jessica, you were talking about how in a lot of your landscaping, your gardening work that you do, you're starting to incorporate some of these natives. Well, and I've always incorporated into natives, but I think I had an idea that we had to have a native-only garden way back 20 years ago and had this idea that, oh, we've just put natives with natives. I'm going to group like things with like things but then realizing um native plants can work so well in our ornamental gardens and there are native plant allies and i you know we were just looking at this list um we were talking about nine bark and there's and a exactly, native nine bark but the, then there's the native nine bark but then there's some hybridized versions like the diablo nine bark you know some things that are a little bit racier but play really well with the native version mm-hmm. uh both visually mm-hmm. and because they have like requirements, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, and uh, the the red osier dogwood. Oh God, I love yum! That. That's I mean, your spirit plant. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So many. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Such an incredible color in a time of year when we're really looking for color in the garden. Yeah. And with with a sale like this, I mean. It's yeah. worth being able to try some things. I know the evergreen right. huckleberries are another. I, that They won't be at this really. particular <laughs> sale, darn it. <laughs> but, but the red huckleberry is also the red, super beautiful. Yeah, and those will be at this sale mm-hmm. in a gallon form. It looks like most of uh, one gallon's four inches, some ten inch on the red osier dogwood so so smaller starts yeah which is part of what helps keep it affordable and allows you to maybe plant more so you can do some denser plantings right and get more established and you know i would imagine that a a key reason to do this and to encourage people to plant more natives in their gardens well multiple reasons but i know we're all concerned about pollinators yeah right and pollinator habitat and pollinator food sources and um the cool thing about native plants is that these are the plants that our native pollinators have evolved, you know, in partnership with. And they provide food over such a long period of time. You have like the really early like red flowering current, you know, and then, you know, they, they just slowly keep flowering all throughout the season and providing a food source for, for, um, native insects, but then also the birds as well. And Um, many of these things like the, the, um, the high bush crayon, the milkweed, the showy milkweed that's on this list. That's a fantastic mm-hmm. one for the butterflies. But the huckleberries and the currants, you know, ha- having those berries hold on into the fall and even the winter. Um, or the crab apples, too. That's a, yeah. that's such an awesome yeah. tree for the birds. Well, and I think, I mean... That seems like such a cool thing to have. It's, it's almost like a uh, just a native bird feeder. Right. Yes. Yo, I love that. I love you that. You know, I mean, the birds are going to come to those bushes and eat the berries and hang out. I know. M- Mary, will there be people at the sale that can talk to 
customers yeah. about um, developing native plant gardens or habitat pollinator yeah, gardens? Yeah, Scott and Dixie will be there. Oh, oh for the Watershed from what the garden Gardens. Works. Right. Yeah. We love them. And they are yeah. very knowledgeable. Yeah. They have years worth of experience. Yeah, so I know. they'll be there to answer any questions that's on so specific. That's so fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be so great. I mean, that resource, because a lot of times people, I think people get sort of nervous sometimes about native plants or they don't. I mean, it's which seems so weird to me because it's like native plants are adapted to our region. Maybe they've tried them in an area that wasn't mm-hmm. right or in the wrong requirements. That's true. Um, you do have to. I mean, even how even if we say, well, it's a native plant, you think you should be able to stick it anywhere in your garden, uh-huh. and that doesn't mean that that's where it wants to grow. Right, and with that, I I planted a snowberry bush at uh-huh. my house last year, and sadly it didn't make it because I put it in a location where I forgot to water. Ah, it was in partial sun. And um, so I do recommend watering occasionally the first year while they get established. Uh Even the natives when they're getting established. Yeah, or during periods of drought, which last summer we had some pretty dry hot weather for a while. So it just was kind of out of sight, out of mind, and it didn't make it. And that was my fault. So we're going to try again with some different plants this year. You said you were going to be ordering, um, you were uh, getting some Salal for your... Right. I'm trying an experiment at my house. Um... Part of the property is actually um, over the bank is county right away that's uh-huh. become overgrown with scotch broom and Himalayan blackberry. So I've removed most of the blackberry. I'm going to get the scotch broom. Then I'm going to plant salal uh-huh. because if you need to do any herbicide control, you can go over it real lightly. And because of those waxy leaves, it won't have much effect, if any at all, on the salal. So I'm trying to get a good salal buffer, uh, buffer in there. Because it grows thick and tall, and it'll also keep out the reed canary grass. Ooh. I didn't so realize that. that out. Right. So it'll be a nice, low-maintenance county right-of-way. <laughs> nice. That would be really cool. I'd love to, to maybe look into that. We have some salal. I love salal as a plant. I know a lot of people find it annoying because it can kind of spread. It can. And it can be pretty assertive when it when it likes its spot and it wants to take over. But it's such a beautiful. In the right, in the right oh. environment. And those berries, those berries are actually tasty. tasty. They are really tasty. I know they've been, they were, you know, clearly um, something that indigenous people in this area valued. And, and harvested and dried and preserved mm-hmm. and all these things with. But, you know, I think people are starting to understand they make fantastic jams and jellies. They're good to eat. Um, and the flowers color. are beautiful, too. Those flowers, yes. like these little dangling. Pendulous with um, little white. It's like a pink stem with little white flowers that droop down. And just I remember was, uh, standing there one time and just watching bees kind of work those little bell-like flowers and it's fascinating so it's a it's a gorgeous plant it provides great cover for birds in the winter too Mm -hmm. yeah because it makes kind of a thicket Mm -hmm. and i mean it doesn't get 10 feet tall no but it can get five feet tall in the right conditions if you've got it underneath a crab apple Mm -hmm. you've got it underneath trees that are kind of shading it out it will get quite tall yeah and I, i think for people that maybe have like larger gardens or larger areas and maybe maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by it and you don't know what to do planting natives can be a really wonderful way of, of transforming part of your space into something that is, is a lot more, can be a lot more low maintenance once it's established, right. but then can be providing so much habitat for wildlife. And uh, that's so great. And do you, so in your, in your work, do you, um, do you, you talked about doing a lot of um, in like dealing with invasive plants as, as that's one of the things that soil and water does right is this a is it a partnership thing where you like remove the invasive plants but then 
encourage replanting with natives? Absolutely. <clears throat> and in fact, um, we're awarded this year a grant from the Oregon State Weed Board for invasive species control. And in that grant, as part of it, is also a restoration component. Okay. So after the invasives have been treated, we offer grass seed or native plants to replant the site within a, an appropriate amount of time, depending on the control method used. Yeah, because it depends. If you sprayed certain herbicides or something right. like that, you can't go back in and just replant right away. No, you have to wait, yeah. depending on the, the type you use. Yeah. In some instances, are, are you doing removals by hand? Yes. Um, we work on gorse at Fort Stevens, mm -hmm. and that is hand-pulled and bagged. <laughs> Yum. Ow. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That sounds painful. And, uh, it's a prickly plant. <laughs> pretty much, we've done several years' worth of work out there, so about all you're going to find are little seedlings. Yeah. It's just little gorse seedlings. Every once in a while, they'll come across a very old one that somehow has gotten missed for several years, mm -hmm. and those will be cut. Yeah. Um, this year, that's the only uh, pulling of any weeds that we'll be doing. The other species we got funding for is orange hawkweed, mat, mat grass, and yellow archangel, and those will all be treated with herbicide. Wow. I don't even know what those are. The hawkweed. I can remember seeing that hawkweed at the golf course and thinking, oh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> and actually bringing a start home. Oh, no. Jessica. <laughs> this is 25 years ago. Uh, that orange. But then realizing right away, and I hadn't done any research or looked it up or mm. anything, and I don't even know if it was classified as invasive at Probably that time. Probably not back time, then. But I saw the way it started moving, and I was like, oh, I have to just take this out and get rid of this. And then I see it on the invasive list now. Right. And I think, thank God I didn't, I wasn't the one that introduced that to <laughs> Astoria. <laughs> I worry about that a lot with I the plants too. that we grow, like, because I, I grow plant starts and sell them on our farm. And um, yeah, when I, like, there's a plant, a new plant, I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm thinking, ooh, is this going to be, am I going to be, like, like source the zero point source for this <laughs> exactly <laughs> the buckwheat last year <laughs> so but i I, th I mean i think it's also worth be becoming aware of some of the invasive plants that yes. are out there I, I don't know if there's a list of invasive plants i know that i know or state of oregon and usda have lists of invasive plants and a lot of times you'd be surprised at some of the ornamentals right i feel like i need to mention butterfly bush budlia because i think a lot of people still really love that plant and think yeah. it's great and i sometimes still see it for sale and that is on the invasive weed list, the noxious weeds for Oregon. It is a spreader, and you are not supposed to grow it. You're not supposed to sell it. Correct. Yeah. Um, People can go to um, our website has some of these species on it, and you can look at them. <laughs> the deal with the website is I can't add anything to it. Uh -huh. But it so still just, exists and is it there. It still exists. We can look at it. Yeah. You can look at We pictures. just can't order plants on it. Right. <laughs> You'll find last year's plant order form on there, and, and it, it doesn't have quite the same plants on it. Okay. But um, our website has some of the invasive species pictures that you can look at. Okay. Um, Oregon Department of Agriculture, and then click on noxious weeds. Okay. And they've got all of the state-listed species with descriptions, great pictures, mm -hmm. locations on a map you can click to see where it's been located in the state. Okay. Um, a lot of them you probably won't ever encounter because they're in the drier part of the state on the east side. Uh -huh. Some are fairly widespread. Yeah. Like napweeds. Yeah. Or 
moving in closer to Clatsop County. I yeah. haven't seen in here yet, but they're moving this way. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing to know sometimes, too, that, you know, depending on where, you know, if you're building a new garden, you might bring in some topsoil or bring in some loads of compost, just stuff like that. And sometimes it's just like being aware of where some of that stuff comes from, you know, trying to get it from a, a source. A reputable source. A reputable source. source where they've made the compost properly. It's been heated up so that it kills the weeds in it, kills any potential weed seeds. Because I have certainly over time both seen and experienced um, loads of compost that have brought visitors to my farm that I really didn't want there. And yeah. now I'm dealing yeah. with those guys. And I, I think um, fill soil, I know, yeah. in the Nehalem Valley where not weed. Yeah, definitely don't get... I wouldn't get fill soil from anywhere yeah, around I'd here. Never, too, I'd never expect it. You're probably going to get knotweed in there. I mean, yeah. knotweed, it, that ID. is really how that yeah. has spread. Yeah. And it's, it's painful because it seems like such a great deal. Someone's excavating a site and they've got all this great soil and you need that soil. And how cool would that be? But what you might also be getting is a bunch of stuff you really don't want and yep. that it's going to be extremely hard to get rid of. And you're going to have to make decisions about getting rid of it. <laughs> so it's great to start out if we're doing new garden things or yeah. um, to really be thinking about the, the plant material and yeah. the soil material. Yeah, if yeah. you have a buddleia in your garden already... Well, just try and cut it back before yeah. it goes to seed. Exactly. Right. I think cut you can enjoy off. those flowers. Enjoy the flowers when they're blooming. But when the flowers are starting to fade, just be really good about going in there and cutting it out. And I know with the invasives, we all have we have a societal tendency to want to be like, this is good or this is bad. That kind of binary thinking or plant xenophobia. Um Really looking at your site and, and what is happening there and, and knowing that control, like mechanical control, is an option, not letting things go to seed. Right. Um, you know, sometimes that's the best we can do is manage a plant yeah. that we have if it's in a spot that, yeah, that yeah. works for that. If it's in a spot that doesn't work for that, yeah, you know, then, then really considering what we need to do. I just want to, before we go too much further, I want to um, remind everybody that you're listening to In Season on Coast Community Radio. And uh, with us in the studio today is Mary Olson. She's a Clatsop County Soil and Water Conservation District technician. Oof, that's almost as long as your email address. <laughs> and um, but I want you to give your contact information again. because um, So if you want information about how to get the order form for the native plant sale that we're talking about, it's coming Which up is on April 13th, April 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Bethany Lutheran Church parking lot. Which is near Safeway in Seaside. Uh, Seaside, what? Safeway ah, yeah. in Astoria. <laughs> in Astoria. Um, so uh, if they want to find out, if, they, if they're interested in pre-ordering or seeing this plant list for this year, how do they do that? They need to call you? Right. You can call our office. It's 325-4571. And then um, I can get your email or your address, either an email or mail form. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we also have the plant forms available at our office which is on the second floor of the Astoria post office room 207 uh -huh. take the elevator up yeah. if the office is closed we have a nice uh, brochure rack in the hallway with information and the plant order forms are there as well okay so even if you're not there they can still pick up one of the order forms. right yeah. and the, we didn't mention before but the order forms pre-order forms are due by March 29th, yeah. which is coming up fast. It is, absolutely. So it's one of the reasons we want to do the show now is that we could highlight this, that you could pre-order plants, and then you'd still have time to go place your order. And um, these are some great deals on native plants. If you're looking to do a nice planting in your garden, or you maybe have a larger property, you want to install a bunch of plants. These are it's a really, some really good prices. 
um, affordable, good size, Very like affordable. not huge plants, a lot of smaller sizes, but this is a great way to get a lot of plants and install them. Right. Um, and there will also be a good selection of other plants available mm. at the plant sale yeah. that aren't on the list. Uh-huh. Um, so this is Watershed Garden Works. I don't know how many people are familiar with that, but they're out in Longview, Washington. They've been growing native plants and non-natives for years. A great nursery. They used to come to Sunday Market. And they are such an incredible resource. They are, yeah. So um, they're going to be bringing a bunch of other plants to this sale right. as well. So de- I will definitely be there, believe me, because I'm excited about this. I'm going to be ordering some stuff, but I'm also really excited to... Time to spend the tax returns, right? <laughs> <laughs> See what else they've got. I know. I think it's going to be a really cool sale. And just I think everyone's just getting excited about spring finally after all this cold weather i know there is a off subject but the clematis <laughs> workshop oh yeah okay up. so i also wanted to highlight this too so there's another really cool thing coming up this weekend so it's saturday march 23rd mm-hmm. down in manzanita 10 to 12 at the hoffman center hoffman center for the arts they're starting a horticulture program there a uh, quetzal levine we're really excited i know she's going to come <laughs> in and talk to us about some this of later. the plant rock stars i know but so uh so from 10 to 12 it's a uh, linda butler uh-huh. who is a Curious clematis person. Oh my goodness! Um, she's going to be teaching this workshop, and uh, you want to go to the their website hoffmanarts.org, and it has information about the workshop. You can you, do you have to register? There's a small fee, totally worth it. Um, clematis. There's there's so many varieties of clematis. There's a beautiful vine. Let's not get started talking about. The I know it's of it's not a native. It's not a native, but that is also a really really gorgeous no, just plant. Beautiful. Yeah, and can work well with natives. Yeah. So if you're getting excited about gardening, this is also a, a really great workshop coming up this weekend. And um, to, to look into and try, you know, exploring different things to put into your garden. And I love what Jessica was talking about earlier, like the incorporating native plants and, and non-native plants and kind of working all together and finding finding the right plants for yeah, the right that spot. Yeah, have like, like requirements and uh-huh. look well together. And I know. Making hedgerows around the property with natives and native plant allies. Yeah, it can mm. be so pretty. So you were saying, Mary, that you live out in Svensson. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's a great growing region. It is out there. How how big Warmer is the property that you're on? It's is only it? a half acre. Hey, only a half oh. acre <laughs> is a big space to plant. <laughs> how long have you how long have you been gardening there? Four years. Yeah. So there's still lots to do. Oh yeah, there always will be, but that's part <laughs> it's of a work in progress. Absolutely, that's part of the fun, and you get to travel around the whole county, right, for your work. Yes. And so if, if property owners want to contact you, if they're interested in, in, like, what kind of programs you guys offer, they would just go to your website. And, right. But what kind of property owners do you mostly work with? Mostly in oh, ag or forestry? It's, or? it's a wide range. Mm-hmm. Um, when people have a problem, they don't know who to call, and they find us in the phone book. Um, so it can, I get calls from it, everything from issues with people's, like, domestic water. Yeah. <laughs> which then I, I point them to the right uh, phone number or uh-huh. place to call. Um, wells, people call about wells. Uh-huh. Soil testing, water testing. Um, we get a lot of calls, especially in the winter, about stream banks eroding and washing mm-hmm. away. So in cases like that, I'd come out and look. And um, if it's a feasible project, um, uh-huh. we could apply for grant funding. Mm-hmm. To do like a bank restoration plant, yeah, native species. Usually, that's the issues we see is that um, if it's not related to the hydrology, it'll be because people just have lawn all the way down to the stream that runs through the mm-hmm. property. There's nothing there to hold that soil together. Yeah, so that's where we'd come in and plant native trees and shrubs. 
kind of mimicking something that would be happening naturally. Right. Yeah, which is, I mean, there's so many benefits to that. I mean, stabilizing that stream bank, but then also providing this beautiful habitat for birds and pollinators, some shade for creeks and streams, Mm -hmm. which is so critical for fish habitat and amphibians as well. Water temperature, cold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many levels where, where incorporating these plants into your into your garden or your it's property. It's not just for the visual pleasure. It's not. I mean, it can be visual pleasure. It can be It beautiful. can be. I mean, oh. some of the things that I find the most inspiration by is some of our plantings that are just our natural world that are happening on the sides of our roads. Yeah, it can be so beautiful. So that's really, I mean, that is so wonderful. And, and what a great thing to provide for the community to bring all these plants to one place and then, you know, give people the opportunity to incorporate them into their gardens. So you were saying that you you advise um, that this first year definitely watering them throughout the summer yes. if you can. Like usually one of the advantages to, to native plants is usually they will establish and naturalize and then really not need. Yeah, they're pretty low maintenance, but mm-hmm. but getting them started, getting them started, they need a little yeah. help. So I at least occasional watering, and especially in the summer when it gets hot and dry, yeah, to make sure they get a good soaking in the evening and. Um, that'll just help them grow those roots the first year yeah. and then just watch them after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mulching too. Mulching and I know too. even though natives can deal with a lot of competition in those first years, being able to use to really weed well where you're going to mm-hmm. be planting them so they don't have a lot of competition. Yeah. Um, and then chipping with something with alder chip or hemlock or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, do you have a recommended way to, I don't know, uh, flag them out or, or or mark them so that we're keeping track of them? We have uh, little plastic plant sticks that we can write the species on. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot is people come and get their plants and put then they get them home and they go, I don't remember what this yeah. one was. <laughs> yeah, that's a really key thing. So yeah. we, we'll try to help people yeah. mark the plants so that when they go home and are getting ready to put them in the ground, they're not yeah. putting the wrong plants in the wrong site. So. I just want to, like, raise my hand and, and put, put up a cautionary note for um, also be really aware of, of deer predation oh, on yes. these plants because oh, that's that. part of the reason why my I, I did a native pollinator habitat planting years ago with the National Resource Conservation Service, and it's still kind of limping along because we have very, very hungry deer and elk on my property. And they've just – so we caged the plants. We, we planted them. I put, like, a mat out. We mulched around them. And then we put a wire ca- – like, a four-foot-tall wire cage around each one um, to try and protect it from deer browsing. And what we've got a lot of times are these plants that are now, like, four feet tall, and they're basically pruned – to the cage and they're like six years old but they're pruned to the cage and they're not Mm -hmm. releasing and so it's something to think about if you have a lot of deer these these are some plants that they really really love to snack on yeah so maybe it's certainly think about providing some kind of caging or if you're going to do a larger area maybe just like build a, like like use some T-posts and fencing and build a little exclosure, temporary, temporary exclosure mm-hmm. that once they're a little bit more established and they could handle being browsed on and then you could take it down. Yeah. Once they get up to a certain height. Yeah. yeah. As Teresa's saying, release. They release. Yes. I know. <laughs> I, I taught you term. that recently. I know. I love when that the term. plants release. I know. Well, I was always taught it's like when they release is when they get above the the, the nose of the deer, which or elk, which yeah. when you're talking about an elk, it's like, that's really tall. Mm-hmm. They can come in and top a plant. 
Yeah. But it's just something to think about. I mean, we have so many deer in our area these days, and and they're really hungry for this kind of browse. This is really wonderful food for them. It's like roughage. It's, you know, it's like I was told a lot of times if they just eat grass or they're just grazing on grass, it's kind of like eating donuts all the time for them. It's not good for them. They need woody plant material. Yeah. They need this kind of shrubby scrub shrub stuff to, to chew on as well. And so... Um, I, they're they're going to be excited. Don't be discouraged, though. Huh? <laughs> with, with a little bit of prep work, yep. you really can establish these plantings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've been lucky. I don't have problems with deer. I have dogs, so yeah. ah. no deer in my yard. So you just get dogs, people. <laughs> just get a dog. It's, it's the same. So many. It'll bring you joy, and it'll love you, and it'll hopefully keep the deer away. Yeah. <laughs> so one more time, yeah. let's just talk about uh, the the date. April 13th, uh-huh. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Bethany Lutheran Church gravel parking lot. In Astoria. In Astoria. Near the Safeway in Astoria. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of going to be directly across from the Comfort Suites. Okay. Yeah, it's or a the bit... Safeway gas pumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's right in that area. So look for it there. You'll have a big sign. Yeah, there will be a lots sign on Lots of plants. Sidewalk. And if you're interested in pre-ordering, you need to um, call the Classic Soil and Water Conservation Office or stop by their office second floor of the Astoria post office and pick up an order form. And you need to get that in by, what's the date again? March 29th. By March 29th. If you want to pre-order a quantity and you can pick it up there. That's right. so cool. I'm really looking forward to this. Mary, thank you, you so much. You're welcome. I know. Thanks so much what for coming. What a treat to in. meet you and hear yeah. about all the good works you're doing. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for, for the work that you do. It's so It's important work and sometimes, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to to do the stuff that you do. So I'm really grateful that you're out there in the community helping us deal with all the issues that come up. Thanks. I, I get a lot of help from partners like the Watershed Council's Natural Resource Conservation Service. Uh-huh. So we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. So we work together quite a bit. That's so great. I know. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for joining us for In Season this week. Thank you, Dylan, for the amazing engineering. Woo-hoo. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.